Hello and welcome to episode 141 of Campbell Conversations with your host Colin Campbell and today's conversation is the return of my roundtable discussion with Chris Burns, the owner of Savage Stoller Consultancy and David Hatt, the founder of MTN Coaching. You'll remember both from previous episodes when they've been on separately, but also from episode 100, 117, 118, where we discuss self-development quotes and overrated and underrated. This time around, we look at the self-development drug to greater success with the success framed from a business and career perspective. The guys and I got together at a very last minute location change, which meant we had to record in David's office with our usual setup. So please do bear with us for the slightly reduced audio quality that you experienced during this one. But the value in the conversation is high enough to justify releasing it. And I know it's a conversation that you guys will want to hear. And I hope you can still appreciate the topics that we cover as these episodes always get really, really good feedback from you guys. And if you are enjoying it, please take the time to take a screenshot and pop it on your Instagram story or copy and paste the link to a friend. The last few weeks in the podcast have been absolutely monumental and the way that we keep growing and I keep having fantastic conversations is with the support of you, the listener, sharing it with other like-minded people like you. Today's podcast is sponsored and supported by Clean Foods Meal Prep. The removal of over 90 minutes of cooking from my week and meal prepping has been an absolute game changer and a real win and I know that many of the audience have benefited from that as well as we've had some conversations with uh, finance guests who've spoken about buying back time and so many of you messaged me off the back of that to say that the things that you do such as cleaning and meal prep and other areas of life that are kind of like admin non-negotiables by outsourcing those you've got back so much of your time and I found clean foods to be a game changer in doing that because the meals not only are they convenient and delivered to my door every single Monday but they're also tastier and lower calorie than I could manage if I was cooking myself equally the variety is a bit of a game changer too For example, when I used to meal prep back in the day, I would be prepping one type of lunch for the entire week, whereas with clean foods, you can have the variety of having a different lunch every single day, a different dinner if you need to, and it's not any extra admin time for you. All the meals are cooked fresh each Saturday and midweek in Glasgow, and they're delivered across the UK. You can visit cleanfoodsmealprep.com, which will be linked in the show notes, and use Cambro to save 15% on your order. If you want your delivery to arrive on a Monday, you can order before 2pm on a Saturday, or if you want your delivery to arrive on Thursday for a midweek top-up, you can order before 2pm on a Tuesday. Clean Foods have been a fantastic support to the podcast, and I have been absolutely loving the fact that I've got... um, a really convenient option that I can promote to you guys to support you with getting back more of your time while still staying on track with one of the most important things in life, which is your nutrition and what you put into your body. But without any further ado from me, we're going to dive into this conversation with three sort of wise men talking all things success. Based on diaries and holidays and other circumstances, which we can maybe disclose and like bind our Patreon paywall or something. <laughs> yeah, DMs, DMs for the real story. If you want the exclusive, fantastic. Oh. I hope. But today's conversation, we're going to be talking about the gateway drug to wider success. Now, wider success is probably going to come from two perspectives. It's going to come from a career perspective and a business perspective. And you guys are in the hot seat when it comes to the, the business perspective. And I'll try and bring my expertise when it comes to the the career perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, with that in mind, there's probably 
the structure I've got in my head is like kind of seven different areas that we can dive into. Mm -hmm. But before we do that, I guess that gateway drug that we're going to talk about is is fitness, isn't it? Um, sure, cocaine. That's it. It's, not, it's <laughs> <laughs> cocaine. Not, it's not as exciting as we would want. No, it to be, no, but definitely not. Fitness is for me. It's definitely been like an entry point into. Uh, progressing in other areas of my life that I didn't realise that were that important because at the time all that really mattered to me was getting a bit more muscle and being a bit better shape and it does definitely lead you into other avenues where you're like well if I can improve in this area of my life can I improve in, mm -hmm. in these particular areas and I think you both can speak to that in terms of mm -hmm. I think that's a maturity thing as well I think a lot of people get into fitness um, or physique development from a vanity standpoint but I think as you get older Again, for me and for you, I don't know about Chris, but I know speaking for both of us, it was definitely from a vanity standpoint um, initially. Um, I suppose you were, you, were, you were trying to get the men's health at one point, maybe that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I like, really well. <laughs> thank you. I think for a lot of young, maybe guys and girls to be honest, um, you start as a kind of vanity perspective, but I think as our careers have grown, as our business have grown, you actually realise how much it benefits in those things alongside every other aspect of your life. It does feed into um, yeah, this thing, which I'm yeah. sure we'll discuss. What have you started lifting? Karate? Yeah, I was doing martial arts from like a young, young age and from probably 10 to 19. And I was, I was really, really slim, still am fairly slim. Um, and it was more so to build muscle to have got up a weight category. Um, I was getting beat too much in the weight category I was at, so the guys in the, the next category well, weren't that good. So it was really to gain weight to compete in a different weight category and then I kind of got more enjoyment out of physique development and kind of getting into that side of things and that, that's what then led to a career in fitness and yeah. personal training as it well. Was, it was rugby for me and it was yeah. the exact same. As I got injuries, I was cutting back in the days that I was playing rugby to recover and train in the gym to do my rehab for mm. my shoulder and I was like, you know what, my physique's changing loads because I'm not playing, I'm lifting an extra two days, mm -hmm. I'm actually in better shape. Mm -hmm. what, what was your uh, entry point, Chris? Uh, mine was, uh, was pure vanity. I actually think my entry to fitness was, was pretty unhealthy yeah. like from up because at a very young age, I started like looking at kind of like cover models and like you know I mean I mean my stepdad used to buy GT all the time and I would read it or like would buy Men's Health yeah and I think that's just it was for me anyway it was just a bit too young for somebody like that and that was at the time when they just used to put normal guys on the cover there was no celebrities at, at yeah. that time so um, and they did an interview with the guy in the in the magazine so I'd be reading that and I'd be like 13, 14 I'd be like right and I'd be doing like press ups in my room yeah. oh, and stuff I, I, that's how I got into it but it was very much image driven you know and I, yeah. and I remember. Like going up, I remember going holiday and I was like 14 and being like, how do I look my top like that? Yeah. I don't get into that stage anyway when yeah. you're that age, I understand that, but it was pure, yeah, so I didn't, I wasn't putting up at that point, I didn't start putting up until I was like 15, 16 properly. And now you're the company old um, Yeah, well, that's it. Steering the ship. <laughs> you don't know who Dan Carter is. I do know who Dan Carter is. documentary on Prime. <laughs> but it was really fucking good. That's a recommendation for you. Uh, so yeah, so mine was just pure kind of, um, I'm used driven, I would say, and then and then I start. I was the first one of my mates to start like going to the like the free weights bit in the gym because mm -hmm. it was a totally separate room yeah. in the gym I went to. So I used to venture down there where all the animals were for like gear and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, it's a scary time to be alive, yeah. man. Yeah, it was a different level. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think all three of us agree as that the premise of this episode is going to be that our entry to fitness. It's not massively important where it started out, yeah. mm -hmm. but what's important is, is, is what it's led to. Mm -hmm. And the kind of seven different areas that we, we thought about before recording this was, one was starting from a, a very scientific start, start point, and that was actually, by lifting and exercising, you actually improve your brain function. Mm -hmm. Like, 
David's a massive Andrew Huberman fan. I've recently really enjoyed his episode he did on uh, Modern Wisdom. He's, do, he's doing the rounds again, which he's is always some cool, questionable guests now, though, isn't he? Andrew Huberman. He's seen oh, some of the guests. Athlete Mex and uh, yeah. who's the other guy he had on? Uh, it's quite easily led when it comes to fitness stuff. I don't think he's got there. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. I mean, the yeah. stuff on neuroscience is second, well, second to none from what I've, yeah, <laughs> yeah. From what I've seen, but he's probably the only person I've seen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, I think Gavin that he puts out is good yeah, on yeah. and, and And one of the big things that he speaks about is that just by exercising and moving daily with some intensity, you are increasing the the heart rate, you're helping blood and oxygen flow to the brain. So from a scientific perspective, before we get onto all the kind of six other areas that we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna explore, ultimately you're promoting the function of hormones within your brain so that you can function at a high level regardless of what you're doing. So yes, you might be getting a bit of muscle and, and gaining um, better shape and, and feeling better about yourself in that perspective, but actually the function that you're gaining across the rest of your day and the rest of your week yeah. is gonna make you function higher regardless of what you do. So whether that's David Rubin's fitness business, uh, Chris running his his corporate business, or me trying to sell mattresses and sofas. Yeah, it's it, it it's a foundational thing that my brain will function at a higher level because I exercise very regularly. Yeah, I, I do think I always think about this because you you see CEO, CEOs of companies and big business owners that actually aren't in good shape as well, and they don't take care of themselves. And I do wonder would they be much better off? Because for me, I don't know any difference. So I've always thought about this, like for me I've always trained, so I've never had a period where I'm not trained and I went, oh okay, my business productivity's dropped because I'm not training. But for these guys, I always think, well, what would theirs be like? They, they don't seem to take care of their physical or maybe their mental health as well, but they're thriving in business. So I wonder if they did add in, you know, a fitness element to their, to their routine, to their life, would it benefit them? And for me, would it have a massive like negative effect? I presume it would, because I've went through small periods as in a week or two and I've not trained and I felt it, but... Yeah. Uh, I, th- I actually think about that quite a lot with these, you know, people I, you, you I've been asked that in a podcast before as well, where somebody <clears> said <throat> to me, oh, like, you hold yourself up as the office athlete, and you say that to perform your best in your career, you have to be training and focused on your yeah. health habits. And I'm like, I'm speaking from my perspective, yeah. and it's the perspective of the majority. I can't, speak to, like, I can't speak to everyone. Like, there's always going to be, like, there's guys that do my role, business development professionals, who will outsell me, who are maybe obese, yeah. abuse substances, uh, don't sleep eight hours a night. But for me to be the best version of Colin Campbell and for most people to do the best version of, of, of themselves, yeah. they probably should err on the side of exercise. There's yeah. always going to be outliers in every yeah. situation, isn't there? Absolutely. Yeah. I, think, I think you can't you can look at it. It's like when Usain Bolt ate chicken nuggets before he ran 100 meters yeah. of the record, I'm like, well, you shouldn't eat chicken nuggets if you want to perform your best. Yeah. You shouldn't Usain Bolt. Yeah. You know, there's always going to be these outliers, like you said, these just exceptional people, because like the people you're saying, say, like, people always talk, bring up um, Warren Buffett and his his diet yeah. and all of that kind of stuff, and it's like, it's Warren Buffett, mate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's the, the, the one that's. The top 0.1% of investors ever. Yeah. yeah, and you're going to go and take his. I mean, yeah. it's just fucking. So, like, just consider yourself as really fucking average. Yeah. And then do yourself, do everything you can to get above average. And yeah. one of these things is, is looking after you for health and fitness, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. I think yeah. that's, that's the way I view it anyway. You know, it's like, I'm actually really not that good just to scut by without actually doing the things I need to do. So, yeah. Yeah. just do that, you know? Yeah, when I was digging into the. The kind of mechanisms that it improves it's better cognitive function so that you've been able to respond like more articulately to, to, to a question or to ruminate on a problem better it's a sharper memory as well mm-hmm. which for me is vital like to recall what somebody said to me previously in, a, in an email or a message when i'm during a meeting is important yeah. to recall like where am i at with this customer without having to go into a crm system and, and dress yeah. through it like you'll do the same, the same with clients and yeah. um, it that's vitally important 
that one of the big things that came up was actually resisting distractions as well by exercising regularly and having good blood flow to your brain and mm -hmm. feeling cognitively stimulated you're actually able to ride the I, I call it surf the urge sometimes of like oh well i know i'm meant to be writing this email just now or this program just now but i'm actually going to go and check yeah. instagram or i'm going to go and check facebook i'm going to jump in the whatsapp chat because i'm going to get some cheap dopamine from that yeah. by having a regular exercise habit it appears that you're more likely to have higher resistance to yeah. distraction as well which i mean for me is massive yeah, because yeah. we're constantly bombarded with those opportunities to escape yeah. i mean those are all massive mental benefits but i think like physical benefits like i don't know if you've actually got them written down but longevity like my granddad was up seeing him at the weekend he's 87 was doing gardening was lifting wheelbarrows and he's actually not exercised but he stayed active so i suppose we could take a broader look at things like he's one of the most active 80 plus that i've ever witnessed um and he's 87 and there's no signs of him slowing down it's largely because he's kept himself active for so long um, physically, which then again has those mental benefits as well. I think that's a great example because he's still quite sharp as well. I know you had yeah. a conversation with him where he's on the ball. Whereas Completely. we've all met older relatives who, whether it's a, a full diagnosis or not, they're not still well, my, his, his wife, my gran, was like very overweight and it was the exact opposite. She got diagnosed with Alzheimer's and I'm not saying that was purely based on weight, but yeah. there is a lot of um, correlation. Yeah, there's a lot of correlation. Uh, um, so yeah, I think for longevity and living longer, like why would you not want to extend your life like by mm. lifting some weights? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely on board. Um, the second point that I had was around self-esteem and body confidence. What were you both like growing up when it came to that? Chris, you were looking at cover models, so how was your self-esteem? Um, <laughs> really, really insecure. Really, really, really insecure as I grew up in high school and stuff. Like, not many people would have thought it, but I was, I think, overcompensated. I wasn't like a typical kind of like, oh, look at me looking for attention yeah. kind of guy, but I think That's like... Cool. Aye. <laughs> what? That's still me. What's changed? <laughs> uh, Nothing at all. I just notice it now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I was. I just. I. I remember uh, being you know those kind of weird ages when you're a basically when you're a teenage boy and no girls your own age fancy you, mm -hmm. um, and you're just like looking for that kind of approval sort of thing. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I was. I would say I was pretty in, in, insecure. I would say, and I was. I was what. Maybe not insecure, but it was very image conscious. Mm. You know, like how I looked, I wanted to have a six pack. You were a tall guy, were you lanky? Or were you I was lanky, lanky yeah, 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 I was lanky, I was like a big bean pole. So, like, for me, it was like packing on uh, packing yeah. on muscle. But again, because you, before I hit that age where I was allowed to go to the gym, it's, 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 it's hard, yeah. you know, so you're just like yes, hammering and dress ups, watching like Rocky Four, you know, and like hammering and dress ups, doing the montage yeah. and that, uh, listening to Hearts on Fire. Never back down, that's the best training montage you've seen that Aye, so yeah, I would say that that, that was me. Uh, for, uh, um, David, you quite confident in yourself growing up? You had, you had, you had, you had abs, didn't you? Like, like I, I've, I'm genetically like even at my heaviest right now, I've still got abs. So that was always something that I had. I don't know. I, I, I want to say like I was confident, but maybe I actually wasn't thinking back. But I, I think I've I've never had any major issues with body confidence anyway. A lot of areas of confidence definitely, but like. I've always been fairly happy with my physique and I'd say I've always had a little bit above average physique for age, like every age that I've been. Yeah. Like when I was 12, I had a six pack. When I was 16, I lifted weights a year and a half before most people did. So like, I feel, I personally feel I've always had a decent level of body confidence. The worst body confidence I've ever had would actually have been when I'd done competitive bodybuilding, done like one show and that's probably when it was the worst because all you're then doing is like scrutinising your physique in a mirror every single day. Ah, yeah, um, that's, that's so that was probably when it was the worst. Mm. But 
that, that's like the extremities of the encouraging people yeah. to exercise, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I, I guess for me, I was I was never a, a big guy growing up, and even now I'm like I'm five foot ten, so I'm never going to be like a big big guy. But I was never like muscular or ripped or mm. even like I wasn't fat either. I was just kind of in between, yeah. and, I, and I was not I wasn't lanky or skinny because I was I wasn't tall. Yeah. So. I never had a lot of presence about me mm-hmm. and that was something that as soon as I started to lift weights and see that move in terms of like oh Colin's got quite big arms or yeah. whatever you were like oh that's because I've been working on it and it felt like a kind of boost for your body confidence because it was something that I'd been able to control and I'd improved my presence in terms of like people noticing that I was looking yeah big, bigger in my clothes yeah. or like more or more more, more more noticeable basically yeah. because I think as a as a small as a small guy unless there's something that stands out about you in terms of like something that you're like maybe you're really good at you're the good guy that's really good at football in your school whatever yeah. anything like that it's mm. harder to be noticeable yeah 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 again I think like we're talking about how this leads into other areas of your life the amount of our clients at MTN of work with us and then within three six months uh, I had the confidence to go for a job promotion I had the confidence mm. to ask this person out I had the confidence to to do this all stemming from body confidence solely like nothing's changed well, i don't want to say nothing's changed with our mindset because they kind of go hand in hand but the the initial catalyst was changing their physique and then when they change their physique more guys or girls notice them you know they're more important or they had the confidence to speak to an employer and kind of um upskill or whatever or go for a higher level job so i think that's quite big do you know, I think it's interesting to see that though do you don't think that might only apply to people who haven't been doing it their whole lives yeah, they need yeah. that transformation. So, for example, for us, we've been doing it since we were young, so yeah. it's just part of our life. So we don't necessarily maybe see those benefits because we started at such a young age when yeah. we, we weren't employed, didn't have any yeah. of those yeah. moments. Whereas if somebody's out of shape to then be going and in a shape or starting to take a fitness seriously, so they get those accelerated kind of benefits, you know. Yeah, they, because, yeah, because they've not been there. They've not been there. So is there anything you think that you guys, or even me, I suppose, could do that would vastly increase your body confidence that would allow you to level up? Do you feel you're at a pretty good level that you don't need that thing to level up? Probably not. I would say like, no, I don't know that we have to do this, but I would say to get a similar effect to what you're saying about the MTN clients, I think it would be doing some kind of like challenge or event of some sort. Yeah. But I think it would have to be, I, get it would have, I don't know if it would, maybe it would be a bodybuilding show, but Matt, the first thing I went to was more of a actual like, event, say it was a triathlon, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seat, something like that, something, yeah. something really hard. I'll just signed up to something, I'll tell you that after this. There you go. No, I'll go tell you after. But that's like a validation of your physical prowess. Yeah. So it's not just a validation of like how you look, it's a validation of like, I've been performing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is a big part of it because like, I suppose we're talking about fitness in a very broad sense. We're not just talking about physique, putting a bit yeah. of muscle. Because yeah. some of the transformations you get with an NTM, of course, their self-esteem and their body confidence should be an all-time high. Yeah. But also, it's like I achieved this with my body through, like, what it was doing in the gym. Yeah. I didn't just naturally have better abs because I just lost loads of fat. I actually was lifting heavier in my squats and my yeah. deadlifts. I was bench pressing more. That's all like. That's empowering. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it strength, strength, strength wise as well. I think like getting stronger. Oh, you'll, yeah. you'll know as well. Like, you've been massively into strength training. Yeah. Um, like getting stronger than a squat or a deadlift. Like it is empowering. You're like fuck. Yeah. I couldn't lift. You know this six months ago and now I'm like way way yeah. past that. So it's, it's, black, it's black and white feedback. Like, yeah. uh, you know, like did you pick that weight up? Yes or no? Yeah, yeah. That's it. And I know obviously people can get into the kind of the weeds a bit like oh that squat was higher technique or whatever. But generally speaking, it's like yeah. if you. Get get grip a bar on the floor and stand up with it. Like, there you go. You've won that weight. You know, yeah. and for people who again who aren't who don't have a lot of experience with it, like I know from my time as a coach, 
that's some of the, like, the, the best looks I got and the best reactions I got from clients were actually on the gym floor mm -hmm. when they actually stand up with their weight and they just look at you and yeah, in yeah. shock. They're like, I just, what yeah. did I just do? Like, yeah. I never, because you, you actually get a bit, a bit detached, don't you, as a coach? You yeah. don't realise when they're staring at that weight on the bar, they're like, oh, what's going to happen here? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. The self-esteem thing's big for me because when I, particularly in, in job roles I've done where I've been going into, like, the finance director and the managing director of like a multi-million pound company, for me to feel confident in how I look was actually quite important to me. So yeah. I wanted to feel I wanted to feel good in my suit. I wanted to feel mm -hmm. presentable. Now that's obviously comes from wearing a, a, a well-fitted suit or whatever. But if you're in good shape as well, you yeah. can like David's wearing a plain black t-shirt for those that are listening to audio and he looks good in it. The the t-shirt will not be like a massively expensive t-shirt whereas like some guys will like spend a fortune on like the latest Pam Angels t-shirts or something like that because they assume it'll make them look good but yeah. see if you get in shape and they you don't make most, you make most clothes look pretty good don't you? Like, no, you're good. no you're absolutely you're right. okay. a plain so, t-shirt yeah, yeah yeah so I was able to go into meetings with these high powered guys and feel like I could command their respect because I was able to uh, master a particular domain in my life in terms yeah. of I was turning up in shape, presentable, ready to present myself. So like, they're like, okay, well, if he can govern himself in that particular area, then of course he can speak to me about this. Now yeah. that's wrong, but there's all sorts of assumptions when you show people images of overweight people and images of lean people, the words that are used are completely different yeah. to describe them. Lazy, untrustworthy, gregarious, outgoing, um, successful are terms that are associated straight away. Now yeah. we can argue about the societal wrongs and rights of that if you want to, but if I can fall into that camp, mm -hmm. then it puts me at an advantage and also yeah. makes me feel good going into what is a potentially nervous situation. Completely, mm. I think for me in the fitness space, and I mean, we rant about this all the time, as a coach, like, you should be setting a good example to stay in shape, and it's, it's the easiest way to pick up clients, so this is a bit of a tangent, but for us, it's like, people are more likely to train with us as coaches if we look good, we've got abs, we are ripped, you know, we can perform well than they are if it's, like you said, it's someone that is overweight or someone that's, that doesn't take care of themselves. So from a coach's perspective, because I know you've actually got a lot of coaches that are listeners, like, yeah. it's the easiest way to build a fitness business, get yourself in shape, document it, show your clients that you've done it, and also just set the fucking example. Like, it really does, it frustrates me that coaches don't keep themselves or at least get themselves into phenomenal shape at some point in their kind of coaching career. Yeah, no, bang on. <coughs> the, the, the point you made about clients achieving like a particular um, like strength goal is quite important, Chris, because for me, it's maybe an area where they've never had any form of control or feedback before in terms of success. So you will work with people who have kind of drifted through and then they've been like, well, actually, I started doing strength training and I can see my numbers going up on a Monday or Wednesday. So I can go into work and be like, I'm actually quite good at some things mm -hmm. rather than just maybe, oh, I'm quite timid, quite like... Um, quite reserved in these things so mm -hmm. I certainly find that having relative mastery or control or one area of my mm -hmm. life which is physically how I look and how I feel and how I train has helped me with that and it's interesting like you sometimes get respect from people who have like massively outachieved you in particular other areas but they never quite got the head around the, yeah. the physical aspect mm -hmm. so they're like they kind of look to you to be like okay well I respect you on this level so we can have a conversation about Mm -hmm. something else and like um i've recently spent some time with somebody who's financially like like crazy success mm -hmm. but he was like keen to like find out like how i manage like my my body basically and he was mm -hmm. like how do you achieve what you've achieved with that and i was like well i'm in awe of like a lot of what you've got but him having a level of respect gave me self-esteem about oh well because i'm good at this then maybe i can talk about other things yeah. he, he didn't maybe talk down to me in the way he might have done if i didn't have 
something that I had mastery over, yeah, I suppose. I get that, that. Yeah, um, yeah. And it seems easier to like master your physical self than it seems to master a lot of other things. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think people do naturally have respect for that because I think especially something like that, if you have some kind of idea of or you have some kind of ambition to do it yourself and you've not done it, you're always going to have respect for somebody who has it. Yeah. So you're always going to at least have the conversation and ask the questions, you know, to kind of get those insights. Um, especially somebody like that who's like, like you say, like driven people. Because I've met those a few people similar to that, or I've coached people like that who have got like massively successful careers, and mm-hmm. they just can't get their shit together when it comes to their health and fitness. You mm-hmm. know, so they're like you say, they're always like they're willing to bow to you. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as they can, as soon as the topic shifts to that, as you almost feel a shift in the kind of power dynamic in the conversation, yeah. don't you? And right, they're just like hanging on your every word because they just want that um, those insights from you. you know? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting Talk, talking to mastering things. I think the third area that we can go to is like actually the art of mastering and setting and then achieving goals. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you might have somebody, like you say, we're talking about the strength element, they've never set a goal outside of, like, well, maybe since school, yeah. to pass this exam. And you're, okay, well, that's like a tangible goal. Whereas, like, when you enter the real world of business and, uh, and, and careers, they've maybe never set, like, oh, in 12 weeks I want to achieve this, yeah. or in 10 weeks I want to achieve this, or in six months I want to achieve this. And... Um, in, in a year's time I want the deposit for my first my first house yeah. like some people are terrible at ever setting a goal whereas in fitness you're kind of forced to be like here's a goal it's time sensitive here's what's going to happen in between and and by going through that process you actually like start to learn about uh, maybe like goals, the feedback goals, loop. yeah I think for me it taught me a lot about reverse engineering to be honest because any of my mm. fitness related goals I would say you know I want to achieve whatever it was a x amount of muscle or a you know, X amount of weight on a deadlift and then I go, okay, how long is that going to take me? How many weeks is that going to take me? Break it down into training cycles, break it down into blocks of nutrition and then really just work your way backwards and then when you start, I suppose I, I focus much more on physical success before business success so I had more experience in building my body than I did before building a business but when I started to build a business it was a case of what can I take from building my body and building my physique? That's into, literally the definition of gateway, um, though. That's yeah, yeah, what we're yeah. talking about, isn't and it? Which is yeah. how we can actually bring it to life. Yeah. So what, what could I, what could I, you know, bring from building a body back into building a business? And the biggest thing for me was reverse engineering. Okay, it's going to take that amount of time. You need to achieve these things to then achieve that one thing, which is going to help you do this big end goal. Uh, and it was just working backwards. So I that kind of took from building, you know, a chest and a back. I've not got legs yet. Um, was then was then put back into like okay what do I do for business okay I need to do that's my big goal here's some smaller goals it's going to take 16 weeks that's going to take 8 weeks blah, blah, blah. So it was very useful in that sense I think physically the, the work also never stops mm-hmm. so like I don't know about you two but I'm like I'm never going to be fully 100% satisfied with where I'm at physically yeah. so it also helps to like master the art of like the kind of ever moving goalpost in the future to be like okay well I'm actually going to need to keep striving for this 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 obviously celebrating the kind of mini wins along the way. So the end of the 12-week peak was a great kind of period where I reflected and went, okay, great, I've, I've hit this particular achievement. Mm-hmm. But then from there, you shift your goalposts again. Yeah. And if you're doing that in your career and your business life, that's a really healthy position to be in as well because you kind of, you recognise, yep, I've had this like fantastic quarter of yeah. Q1, yeah. Of Q1 of 2022. Yeah. Now, what's next? What mm-hmm. do I move on to? So like the, the feedback loop is there where you're setting goals and you're working towards them and I really like the term re- reverse engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, what, what have you kind of experienced when it's come to like goal setting in terms of like what have you learned from setting goals within your, your fitness life that you've implemented into, into Savage Scholar? Yeah, pretty much more, quite similar to you, uh, but again, mine's a bit more, uh, I suppose the specifics of my goals are going to be more kind of strength or performance based goals, uh, be it like 
hit a certain weight on an exercise or you know hit a certain time in a fitness test something along those lines but one thing I would say is though is like because I've went through phases of this like it's quite easy for people and I'm sure people that are listening to this to even though they are like you, like you say doing like going to the gym and take care of themselves it's still easy for those people to coast without a goal in the same way they yeah. coast throughout their career so they're on the paper they might be doing everything right you know they've got a good job and they're going to the gym three four times a week mm -hmm. but they're coasting in both areas yeah. so that's when they need some kind of intervention be it signing up with a coach or a program to actually show them like or see all see that effort you're putting into the gym you can actually have some kind of positive feedback from that and then you achieve a goal and then i'm sure you're obviously what the fuck Thousands of clients like that, and that light bulb goes off, and they realise like, oh, so let's say they sign up to do a week peak, yeah. like a farmer's project or something like that, and they sign up, then they get the end result, and then they go, oh, hold on a minute, and that's when they start to see the carryover to other areas of their life, yeah. and they probably realise I was spinning my wheels for yeah so long there because I didn't have that, I wasn't setting any goals basically, I just thought I'll just go to the gym and hopefully stuff will happen, I'll just go to work and maybe something will happen. It's nice to have something for, isn't it? Like, yeah. When I worked with David at the start of the year with the growth project, I had. Like and I maintain my physique quite a lot over the over uh, yeah. the years, and a lot of people kind of know me as staying in like relatively lean shape. But for me to be like conscious, of, like the goal is now to gain weight and yeah. add weight onto the barbell or the or the dumbbells. That was a really interesting process for me to be like, oh well, I'm actually having some aim at, and my sessions were more intense. I was mm -hmm. training harder. I was more diligent with my like weighing myself every day, so I was getting the data that I yeah. needed to to do that, and then to go into the twelve week peak. It was good to have something to aim at, whereas yeah. I guess because of my personality type and the habits that I've built, I'm very diligent anyway, but having the goal, it just took things up a level. Yeah. And actually after the 20 peak, well, at the time of recording, about three weeks afterwards, my training's been a little bit average because I haven't got the overarching goal again. I haven't set something in the future. I think that's one of the most important things with fitness and business and career. It's like when you achieve something, you do need to, and we're talking about this in a way here, you do need to then set another goal. Um, which could actually be incredibly depressing as well because with fitness you're never going to be done with business we're never really going to well you could be done you could sell your company or whatever but the chances are there's going to be something else that you're starting if you're anything like us three yeah, I suppose yeah. um, and career as well I, I know career you could reach the top level but even then knowing you're calling it's like cool I've got there happy two three years okay, okay like what's next you've done a clear and you're like so, okay that was cool that was yeah. cool when I was 28 now what about I'm 32 what's what yeah, have to so do now? I think the biggest bit of advice on that would be you know have fitness goals but have much much longer longer terms as well so like yeah the 12 peak was your goal but what's your goals in 12 years time from a fitness perspective yeah maybe not 12 years that seems a bit long but like have these larger ones that you're working towards and the same goes for business and career like yes maybe you've got a financial goal a year's time from now but are you gonna be happy when you get that for one but like what is next after that do you have like a 5 10 15 some people will say that's maybe overkill, but I think like having a much bigger, longer term goal is good um, for the vast majority of people. Anyway. Yeah. Can, you, can you share off the back of like the highs of the 12 week peak where you've got so many people excited, motivated yeah. and going through this process? And that's probably like the peak of your business year. Mm -hmm. Well, it has yeah, been yeah. up until this point. What are you kind of setting into the future that's keeping you going? The, the 12 week peak again next year. <laughs> 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 to be honest right now, the, the growth of that, I think like actually just showed me what's I don't even think we've scraped the, scraped the top of the potential of that. There's so much growth with the 12 week peak alone. Um, and I, th I think it was actually just the volume of people. Like when we had about 106 people or something like that in here for a photo shoot, and just seeing that, it just makes you go, well, that could be two, three hundred, four hundred. It could actually just grow and grow and grow. So from a, from a numbers perspective, like that's where I see the growth of that. Um, 
uh, I suppose things that we can do. I mean, I, I think a big thing is what can we do better more than anything. Maybe not bigger, but what can we do better for those 106 people? What can we do better for the 200 so that were on the programme? The, the goal for you is to like get into the detail and improve the different areas that you know mm -hmm. are improvable. So that's like what's keeping you going just yeah. now because it's really easy to have a fall off. Yeah, isn't it? yeah like, massively. Like, well, I could, I could say, oh, like, we'll just do it the exact same as this year. And it would go well, it would make good money, it would serve another 200 people and whatever. But for me, it's the same as a fitness goal. Like, I actually chose not to diet this year because I didn't think I'd built enough muscle to diet and reveal a better physique. So it's like, why would I do that? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of my mindset of like always looking for a little bit more. And it's the same with the 12 week. I could run it the exact same and some people would be quite happy with it. But for me, it's like, actually, this can improve, this can improve. We could get more people here, we could do this. Um, so I think from a physique standpoint, from a business standpoint, or from a training standpoint, it's like you can always be doing that a little bit more. And I think you should always be striving for more um, in every area, to be honest. Yeah, Chris, for yourself? Yeah, I mean, for me, for like longer term goals, um, it's something I've always struggled with. So I'm I, 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 ask, I ask myself questions that kind of get me thinking uh, and kind of empty my brain a little bit. So I always ask, who do I want to be and how do I want to live? And then I ask, who do I not want to be and how, how do I not want to live than mm -hmm. that? You know, because so, yeah. sometimes it's better to ask Both the opposite yeah, question. Because yeah. when I ask myself, right, who do I not want to be? And I asked myself this not long after uh, me and Joe got engaged. Mm -hmm. And we're having conversations around, obviously, like starting a family in the next few years. And I was like, I do not want to be that dad that used to lift weights and now looks like a bag of soup. I don't want to be that dad. You know, I don't want to be that guy. And then I, then I thought, right, okay, what's the next stage of that? Like, okay, well... Say for example, say for example, I have a daughter and I'm giving her away at the aisle. Do I want to be standing up at her mm -hmm. wedding, looking and feeling like shit and not being able to give a good speech and just being a bit? I know it sounds very dramatic, but that's the way I thought. I was like, yeah. well, no, it you know, it created a visceral reaction. It did, it did, and, and that really flicked a switch for me because yeah. I realised, yeah, I think it's probably more powerful when you shift into a new phase of your life. Obviously, when you get engaged and things like that, it's a big life event. So I think the pro the timing of it mattered as well. But I think those questions. And you apply them to each area of your life, like your health and fitness, and then your career as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I asked myself, like, with my career, I was like, okay, who do I want to be? I was like, I don't want to be that guy that had a chance of having a successful agency and fucked it. Yeah. And now he's, and then, like, you're, I actually had, had this kind of vision in my head of being working in an office and then somebody being like, oh, Chris used to run his own business. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, goodness me. How did that feel? Oh, man. Like, I was like, Oh, like, yeah. oh, I was so fired up, you know, I was like, fuck that. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, uh, Dad, did you used to lift weights? Right? Yeah. Lift weights, son, aye, aye, aye. Well, look at this, what I've got before. Yeah, your bellies, yeah. if it's a sign of a bad yawn, oh, you know what I mean? You, you get that like, the gym, though, like, they'll say to me, like, oh, I used to be in shape like you or something like that, and you're always like, I mean, what happened? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> what did you let happen? Like, what did you lose? Yeah. Oh, kids came along and became more important. You're like, yeah. Well, like, you probably could have maintained, like, maybe you wouldn't have built, yeah. but you feel like you could have, like, improved in some ways. But I think you need to get, just very, I think you need to get ahead of that because it is coming like those excuses could potentially be coming for mm -hmm. you because if those guys that are saying that you know oh i used to be in shape or i used to do this it's like rather than saying like ah, i think he's talking shit believe him yeah. believe him yeah. like take him seriously because yeah. that could be coming for you so rather than like dismiss the guy and maybe get a little bit complacent maybe get ahead of it and like what like i've done there put yourself in those uncomfortable thought exercises and be like i that that could be me yeah and what steps do i need to take to make sure 
like to make sure it's not basically yeah, yeah I, I really like that exercise and making yourself feel a bit uncomfortable to, yeah to assess these things yeah i think that's more motivating or, or, or certainly more impactful than the positive things i would say yeah when it comes to the, the fourth thing that i was thinking of and we probably touched on this was it's just forming stronger habits so i've learned through fitness that having strong habits means that it's actually a little bit easier to hold on to what i've got mm. or to drop the hammer so everything got turned up in terms of my habits for the 12 week peak to more extremes but in my business development career things get turned up at particular times of the year in terms of like i need to make more phone calls during this period because that's the cycle when people will be setting their budgets to spend money with me in three months time mm -hmm. or during this period when people are spending money i need to be touching base with all the people that i had conversations with that were potentially up for it so like changing and like dialing up and understanding the power of your habits at different periods of time have been like massive for me mm -hmm. and i think fitness definitely taught me that where like understanding controlling what i'm doing every day and those actions happening have like it's been reflected in like absolutely every single area of my life it's actually why i've still stayed in the corporate world because it's it gives me black and white feedback through business development because the amount of prospecting you do and the quality of it reflects in the amount of income that you bring in for the business and the amount of commission that i take home in the same way that the number of steps that i do the, the hours of sleep that i get the weights that i lift the food that i eat reflects in how i look when i'm when i'm walking around mm. I would agree. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I totally agree as well. But I, I, I went through a phase of when I, when I was starting what's now an agency, but at the time it was me in a copywriting business, just me doing it by myself. Um, I let every single fitness thing slip. Mm -hmm. And this might sound contradictory. It worked. Because for me, I was just going all in on something that had to work. I put myself in a position where this is it this needs to take off um but it only worked to a certain point and then i realized what habits fell off then training and nutrition mm -hmm. basically uh, basically every, all in general every single one the only the thing is i kept up other habits i would say like other lifestyle habits so like i still went walks i still read every day i still done those kind of maybe like people maybe class them as like personal development or lifestyle type things but the actual hard stuff the stuff that we we're talking about you know actually going to the gym training hard you know keep myself in shape those all slipped and then i looked at myself one day and i was like holy mm -hmm. shit look at the state of me um and again that's by my personal standards you know maybe yeah. by others they probably would have been like what the hell's but like by my standards i was very much out of shape so i've been in that position where like i definitely did let things slip for what i perceived to be a greater goal but looking back i shouldn't have done that i didn't have to do that again for me it was more like Every single minute I spend away from this laptop, not trying to build this business, is time wasted. Whereas I could have probably had more productive time and better quality um, work building my business if I actually just maybe took an hour to go to the gym and even if it wasn't the best workout in the world, you know, even if I went and you know got some kind of training in yeah. it, maybe I'm wrong, maybe it wouldn't have. But I, I, that's a weird one for me because I, I've. I've actually never stopped no. training. No. See, because I've I, I trained from like the age of maybe nine, like five times a week from like martial arts. Yeah. And that. So it's, it, that's one thing for me that's never slipped from a training perspective. For me, it would definitely be like lifestyle related choices that have slipped. I eat drinking too much or whatever, or get out right. partying too much. That would be more for me from a habit standpoint. But the actual habit of training is one for me that I think the longest I've ever not trained for is was covid last year and it was because it was over christmas it was actually nothing to do with covid it was largely to do with the fact that gyms were closed for that yeah. period um so it's definitely not something that i've let slip to then go oh actually that's affected me yeah. personally so um, if you've maintained that fitness habit throughout your life then David, 
what business habits do you think you need to have you so, learned to hold on to? So there, well, there's definitely business habits that slip. So I think I think for me, if I look at like the time frame that I've been training, it's much longer than the time frame that I've had a business. So I think the longer that you do anything, the better you get at it. I've been training since I was nine, like fairly consistently, albeit not the hardest sessions every day of my life. But like I've always trained. But for me, from a business perspective, it might be a case of, you know, there's peaks and troughs of business and like there's times where I am going out drinking too much or partying a little bit too much. And the amount of, for, for me, early mornings are when I'm by far the most productive. For me, there might be times where that falls off. And if I miss those three, four hours in the morning, generally the work that I get done later in the day is just all a much lower standard. So mm. I think for me to create those business habits, it's actually largely lifestyle related. To keep them, to be it? honest. Yeah, um, the creating content piece is a hard part, though, isn't it? Oh, fuck for, yeah. for, Forgot about that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for in terms of it, as 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 a habit, isn't it? Because yeah. like I do it in my day to day for LinkedIn for mm-hmm. my audience that are my prime demographic. I'm also sharing a lot of the podcast stuff on there now because I've decided the algorithm they're so favourable. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> is LinkedIn like pretty? Yeah, the right algorithm's now? really good. You reach most of your connections, right, and, okay. and and their connections too sometimes. Um. But the habit around content creation is probably one of the ones that's like hardest for business to keep up. Yeah. And like Chris goes through burst as well with the deals well, and stuff yeah. like that. The value of it's so high, but it's a habit that's kind of feels like it's 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 less easy to maintain. That's a, oh, yeah. that is that's probably the hardest thing within do you know what I'm lucky enough now that from a business business perspective I've got people that help with marketing. Uh, and I've got <laughs> people that help with content creation now as well like having a team of six coaches takes that yeah. pressure off but yeah. actually I look back at when the business growth was probably the fastest based on you know where I was at and it was when I was posting consistent content twice a day it's like if you look at any growth of your life like what you do more consistently you're going to get better results in and fitness, um, fitness, that 100% fitness teaches you that so yeah you, you relearn in your, in, yeah. in your business as well uh, number five that I've got is around greater resilience and I think a willingness to tolerate discomfort is a massive predictor of success in yeah. many many areas because what you do sometimes is uncomfortable so like if i'm thinking about some of what chris will do for like the launch of a campaign some of the emails they're not going to come to you like on this blank screen that's sitting in front of you it's not going to be immediate like there's going to be an element of discomfort where you have to do research about a particular topic maybe you're working with a new client in a new industry i imagine that's uncomfortable so for me i think that building resilience to doing the hard training sessions, the walks when it's pouring rain, tracking your fridge when really, to be honest, you'd rather really just like order something well, in yeah, or, yeah. or eat whatever in the cupboard and just not worry about weighing it all out. Yeah. Being able to tolerate that and building like, uh, go- uh, Goggins would call it calluses in terms mm-hmm. of like your ability to like stand up to that. Mm-hmm. I imagine that's an area that you guys are, are seeing within your-, your Yeah, well, I mean, I think in order, I know we've talked on building a physique a little bit more i think we've been calling that's been more of our roles i know yours is maybe more strength related but i think with building a physique like you're not going to get there without pain and discomfort like you physically can't build muscle without causing pain to an extent um like the, the process of building muscle is painful the process of actually tracking your food and getting lean is fucking hard um so yeah i think like building that i'd say that within almost any area though like if you're doing something really hard in your life and you get good at doing the hard stuff you technically should be good at in another area and saying that, I've been training a guy recently who is like multi multi millionaire, and I keep trying to, like he's got multiple businesses, but I keep trying to relate back to him. Like you've done all this hard stuff in business to get here. It's like similar. You just need to do this hard stuff in fitness to get there. And he actually can't, he, he can't seem to grasp it. He's like, nah, it's totally different. goes one way, but not the other. Well, for some people, whereas oh. for me, I think for me, like the hard stuff in business helps with the hard, 
stuff in business. So for me trying to explain to him, I'm like, surely the hard stuff in your business kind of relates, but some people don't. It's not the same for everyone. Some people just don't give a fuck either. Like, yeah. Um, it's two totally different things for me. Yeah. Two, okay. yeah, yeah, it's two totally, two totally different things for me. I can definitely see how it would transfer over some people, but for me, like um, like what you're saying there with your, uh, your client, the hard things I was, any hard things I've done in fitness, I haven't necessarily noticed them crossover mm-hmm. to, to business at all um, so like, that, like for example the hard lessons I've learned in business through maybe dealing with difficult clients uh, going through a challenging project like you know all those kind of things it's mainly been around like challenging clients in my earlier days because all my clients now are fantastic uh, but, oh, yeah. especially <laughs> MTM especially <laughs> no it's mainly like, all my clients now love working with them they're, mm-hmm. they're absolutely that's through design because I went through those hard times uh, with just clients are a total bollock but uh, I never necessarily Stop found them again. <laughs> 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 we, we never we never edit any podcast ever, but we had to cut a section out because I just went off on one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, you're you're awesome. I like that. I appreciate yeah, it. I appreciate yeah. it. Uh, but yeah, so I've not necessarily found. Um, basically, what I'm trying to say is the 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 thing that's helped me get through the, that resilience in business is building resilience in the kind of business arena. Yeah. If you like, Interesting. the things that have helped me build resilience in physical fitness have all been done through physical, like for example, this is probably, right now, at the weight I am, so I'm like, just under 16 stone, and like I'm smashing pre-season, like my fitness is what it was when I was 18, 19, when I could run all day. Mm-hmm. And I find myself now, when I'm doing more conditioning work, can sit and when I when, when I'm like I call it like sitting the suck and I'm like running and I and I feel that moment where it's like I just kind of walk in I'm like nah I'm cool I can yeah. keep going I can keep going I would have slowed down I chucked it last year I know that for a yeah. fact but yeah. because I've had that under my belt but I don't find I take that into a conversation with a client yeah. you know I find that really? I, re- I refer back to right well this half this similar situation happened before what did I do this you mm-hmm. know what I mean so it's very I'm very kind of compartmentalizing that in that way yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's really interesting. I feel that, like, particularly around stress mm-hmm. and, like, pressure, when I feel stress and pressure in work, I kind of embrace it because I feel there's an expectation on me and a pressure on me to be in particular shape, put on by myself, but also ah, by my yeah, audience yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Like, um, going into the 12-week peak, some of the coaches that work with David were laughing that I, that I feel pressure to be in one of the best shapes at the photo shoot. Yeah. And I was like, a little bit, because people have an expectation that you do this before coming. you um, hopefully, um, <laughs> and uh, for 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 me, right, embra- right. embra- embracing pressure in that perspective, I quite like that when I go into work in terms of being expected to be a top performer. In terms yeah. of Colin should be near the top of the leaderboard. He should be making the most calls. He should be having the most meetings. He should be brought in the most income for this quarter, mm-hmm. or he should have signed up the most new active customers. Whatever terminology or KPIs we use, I quite like the idea of like. I set a level of expectation on myself in, in one area of my life and best believe because I'm confident in that area, I'm like, right, I'm going to apply it in this yeah. area as well. So definitely I sometimes break down those compartments and be like, right, that's where I'm expecting myself to be in, in our area as well. It's worked well for the podcast too. Like there's, a le- there's a level of adherence and like discipline that you need within the podcast to keep going because there's weeks where episodes don't perform as I was hoping yeah. to. There's weeks where guests just fob me off and say, I'm not coming on the ghost It's yet. like a high performance thing though, isn't it? Like setting yeah. a high enough expectation of yourself within any area of your life, really. Mm. So I think that's, I suppose, my, my frustration is sometimes if, if somebody's excelling so much in one area, 
But there's plenty of areas in my life that I don't fucking excel in, so it does make Would sense. Do you want to, not... to excel in those areas? Though, I suppose that's yeah, like a... I, maybe like yeah. There's certain areas that I could I, I could work harder and do more, and I don't. But that's maybe because I'm putting so much into business or this. Like I'm big on like you're never gonna. Have... In fact, I posted I reposted a Leila Hormozzi video. Have you seen it? She's About twenty percent everywhere. Like everyone wants twenty percent of you know twenty percent business, twenty percent relationships, twenty percent health, but. That's never going to happen. You're never going to have, or if you do have all those things, it's way later on in life. You need to spend periods where it's 80% on health on that time and maybe everything else is neglected for a short period of time so that that goes up a level. And then when that's up a level, it's like, well, it's now 80% on business and it's 20% on health or relationships or whatever. And then you start to be able to kind of gain that balance and gain that uh, a little bit better in every area. But for me, it's like if I look at the most progress I've made in one area of my life, it's usually because I went fucking all in in that area. And then I look at other things in that time frame and I'm like, ah, okay, relationships were terrible then. Uh, Social life was terrible then. My physique was bad. Fuck me, business was flying. Or on the opposite end, if you look at maybe your physique the last few weeks of dieting for you, maybe your concentration did go and work or maybe relationships or sex drive did drop a bit. Yeah. But that one thing was way up there. So it's like balance is unachievable. Unachievable if you want... To be success. If you yeah. want mediocrity, of course you can uh, be balanced. If you want outside the tons, then yeah, you're gonna need to yeah, you're yeah. definitely gonna need yeah. to Chris uh, Chris helped me edit an email where I spoke about dials on a dashboard and it's exactly the same. Mm-hmm. You can say you've got hundred units of energy that you can allocate. Mm-hmm. You can't have them all turned up to, to equal hundred and ten. Yeah. So unfortunately the social life might be down at forty or yeah. even less to enable for business yeah. to go up or, or commute yeah. to go up. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I think that's a really, really vital point and yeah, um it also links into the number six, which is appreciation of data so for me anyone that's achieved like a physical or a performance improvement will have benefited from managing facts and figures in some shape or form yeah. and best believe by knowing that i can manage those facts and figures in a fitness perspective i've been like i should probably manage what i'm doing when it comes to the podcast i should probably manage yeah. what when i'm doing what i'm doing when it comes to speaking to clients or, or, like, or, or trying to close deals as well mm-hmm. so like, how's your appreciation of data within fitness transferred Oh, massively. Yeah, for, uh, uh, big time for me, and it was finance. It was actually finances that helped me manage better. So for me, like with our client check-ins every week, they've got, uh, they probably got like fifteen to twenty different metrics that they need to like put numbers into, and they need to so they need to give me you know highest daily steps, lowest daily steps, average daily steps, highest calories, lowest calories, blah, blah blah. They've got all these metrics that we monitor and like look at. And for me, it was like, well, they're monitoring these fifteen twenty metrics. That's allowing me to see what progress they're making on a physical level. For me, but one of my goals was it was a financial related goal, and it was um. So for me, that allowed me to go well. If all these metrics and I'm checking on a weekly basis, is allowing them to achieve these things, it's. I mean, it's common sense to be fair, but like for me, it was looking and going. Okay, if I track these financial metrics, how much I'm spending, how much I'm making, uh, how much I'm spending in Starbucks, and it allowed me to go right. Okay, my financial goals seem much easier now. Um, and that could be with business, it could be with finances, it could be with a lot of different things, but. Uh, I think the more that you can measure, the more that you can master, and that goes for fitness, but also goes for, for other other areas. That's a great point when it comes to finances, isn't it? Because I think a lot of us are a little bit scared to mm. oh, look at yeah. look at what the differential is. Yeah, um, it's the same with calories, isn't it? Like, yeah. Well, well, exactly. You've, yeah. you've got an allowance. Yeah. In the same way that financially you've got an allowance based off your salary or based off your income from your business, and mm-hmm. you're like, well, that's rent or mortgage, that's car, that's. Uh, groceries yeah. and then you're like well how much am I actually going to be able to invest <laughs> how many <laughs> yeah. this is a worldwide podcast you as you know like what gets measured gets managed or mastered is, yeah. is, is, is a great great term Chris how have you utilised data oh well, yeah I think like 
It's interesting both you referred to like black and white data in its purest form, yeah. but there's a lot of emotional data, mm-hmm. and I think I get more of that in my job. You've been getting coaching, I suppose, yeah. as well. And you well as well through your sales conversations, but like... like emotions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on them now. I've been uploading that software. You're going to make me cry in one episode, that would be amazing. I've had that accusation a few times as well, to be fair. Uh, but I, I think like in my... Um, like with my clients and with running launches and obviously we're trying to help them grow their business that you've got to, there's a lot of kind of research involved in corporate and you're kind of digging into client testimonials or you're kind of doing that the kind of hard yards behind the scenes that make the emails happen and make the campaigns be successful so you're actually reading what people are are sharing about your clients products and services so you're actually kind of digging into okay what's the emotions here like what's really going on how do these people really feel so i think there's maybe a little bit of an element of that like you get good at kind of deciphering people and what they actually mean and you know uh, when they're sharing their feelings on a particular product and service but then there's also the cold hard side of like what I do anyway which is like opens clicks sales you know all of that kind of thing um, that comes into it so I probably get a lot of I get a lot of both um, it's like qualitative and quantitative yeah it? yeah exactly 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 and it's obviously combining the two um, to do a good job you know that's that's ultimately what it comes down to yeah and I I grew up never being that interested in data and becoming more interested in fitness when there was the opportunity to understand that you could track your calories, you could track progressive overload. Mm-hmm. My personality's massively shifted that way and we've done some personality tests in work and I found that I'm a very I'm very red, which is one area which is like decisive, fast paced, like move forward, take action, let's go. But the second part of my personality that's dominant is blue, which is red and blue, interestingly enough. Um, it's, it's very, 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 it's very interesting that this, that side, the, the blue side is analytical and data driven. Right. So like, I'll take relentless action once I'm convinced of the business case through the data yeah. so like david could maybe tell me in, in the in the build-up to the final week of the 12-week week the data says that you should be doing this colin and i'd be convinced of it but if you just told me colin you need to do this i would disregard i'd be like don't just yeah. tell me what to do like uh, although i've got respect for his status that would help but if somebody randomly like tried to change my mind on something about like maybe how i, how I set up the podcast or whatever mm-hmm. and he didn't show me data to be like oh well it might increase your listens because or it might improve this, yeah. the value to your audience through this i'd be like okay i'm willing to listen but I find that data now gives me the comfort to make decisions mm-hmm. based on that. And a lot of that's come from health and fitness. Like for me to change my program back in the day, it took a lot for me to like yeah, yeah. accept that because I was like, oh no, that's not the best way to... It's like monitoring to, scale to weight. If you've got that reading, it gives you different data. I thought, okay, I need to put my calories down there. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And, and some people can find that quite difficult because I think the data doesn't care about your feelings. Facts yeah. don't care about your feelings. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like, if the data says that your email style that you're doing for a particular client, Chris, is having like a really poor opt-in rate or a poor yeah, like, absolutely. click rate, yeah. you're probably like, that's a little bit upsetting because that email works for these two other clients that are in your same niche and yeah. I expect it to work, but... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, get, speak to you, yeah you get a lot of that. Uh, you, you do get a lot of that feedback. I think like what the one thing that you do have to... Well, I suppose this is maybe too specific for my industry, but like... Sometimes you do get that feedback, but then there's other parts of the puzzle that you don't really know about. There's other things going on that you don't know about, mm-hmm. and then you find out that and you're like, okay, well maybe it was this was the issue. It wasn't actually the email it was as well, though. Yeah, it could be yeah. Uh, exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know, like for like, I don't know, like I'm no, like, I know you've had like, obviously Aaron on guys at the visual clinic. Like I'm sure, like when people have been convinced that, like I went to Aaron, he fixed my my leg. Like my leg was just like I had a shooting pain up and down near my IT band. It was just killing me. I couldn't step anybody. 
he's fixed it I still can't step people but yeah. you know it's, 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 there's no pain anymore uh, but yeah and he fixed it and then I thought it was one thing and it was, he's like nah it's, that's not it so you're yeah. actually looking at data from the wrong angle sometimes you know like if you don't have the full basically you don't have the full picture if, if you've only got this and there's actually all of this going on and you make a decision based on that kind of tunnel vision view then it's like well yeah. Maybe you might, be, you, you might actually be making yourself worse off. Looking really that yeah. back to fitness, and I saw Alex, yeah. who works at MTN4, David, uh, talking to one of his clients about their sleep, because they were nailing their calories, their uh, their step count, mm-hmm. but their weights in the gym were just not progressing. And then he looked at the sleep column, and they weren't sleeping. Yeah. So how can you expect your weight on the deadlift to go up if your sleep's been poor? Because that's a vital component. Yeah. So like the... It's like having that wider picture, isn't it, in terms of like what parts of the data am I looking at? It's like at? having more, the more data, the better, and to an extent, I know you can have too much, um, yeah. but I think it goes back from fitness, to finance, to business, to career, all like that. Before we wrap up that particular point, David, what areas of data do you look at within your business? Because it's easy to look at things like number of clients and... Uh, For business growth? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've actually got a scorecard that me and my assistant fill in every Monday. Yeah, usually Monday. Um, how many times metrics. Chris? What? How many times my text Chris this week? <laughs> how many times did Chris? How many times he ignored me? <laughs> <laughs> He's very attentive, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> um, from a data standpoint, do you know it's broken down in different areas? Some of them are financial, so sales on things like fat loss project, growth project. Some of them are marketing, so email open rates, um, Instagram actual followers, Instagram engagement, things like that. I'm trying to think what else we've got on this. There's, I think there's 15. And that's a much wider metric than what yeah. businesses are looking at. Yeah, well, there's 15 and then of that 15, I think five are financial that feed into another um, spreadsheet that, that we manage stuff on. Thanks Charlotte, my new accountant, who's amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I think since I've started doing that, actually one of the biggest things, maybe about a tangent that I've done in the last six months is look at my finances on a weekly or even, well, a monthly definitely, but often a weekly basis. Um, rather than yearly, I think anyone that runs a business looks at it once a year when their taxes are due or when their corporation taxes due or maybe mm-hmm. when they've got a VAT return to do and that's it. Honest to God, one of the biggest improvements I've found in my own, I suppose, comfort and actually know my business is doing well. I was looking at your finances on a monthly or on a weekly or a monthly basis rather than a, a yearly basis and it's the same with fitness, I suppose. Like yeah. if, you, if you monitor more data more regularly, you're going to have more data to use to make changes or to make improvements. So. For me, the biggest improvements I've made in the last six months have been financial and a lot of them have come down to just simply tracking things a little bit more um, regularly and more detailed as well. Yeah. I think yeah. obviously you, you then always, always avoid the, that dreaded like, way of saying like when you do check it once every you go, oh shit, yeah, yeah. shit. Massively. You're never going to have that moment because you check, it, uh, you check yeah. it every week, every month. Yeah. So it's like, well, you know exactly what's going on so you don't have that fear of the unknown and then because when those moments happen, it's typically something unexpected, or yeah. you know, you have like a you have a bit of a, a, a bit of a disaster, or yeah. something's going on, and then you go, "Oh fuck, I need to check this," and then that just compounds that situation, doesn't yeah. it? And it's like, well, you could have just been checking it every week, or every month, and not have got to that situation. Yeah, you know? I mean, the so perfect simple. example of this is scale weight. I think I said that a minute ago, but we get our clients on the most part to check their weight every single day and give us an average, because the amount of factors that affect your scale weight are fucking huge. So if you only take it once a week. So many things affect that, which if you're monitoring that on a weekly basis, then taking the average, you get a much better reading of things. And it's the same with finances. If you do it monthly or, or weekly, weekly maybe a bit much for some people, but at least start monthly. Then when it gets to that yearly, you're like, fuck, I've actually not made any profit. Whereas if you're doing it monthly, you're like, okay, that month was bad. Let's do something different. Yeah. It allows you to take action sooner, I suppose. 
um, just by managing data more yeah. regularly. Um, yeah, I, I, I love data and I think I learned the lesson through manipulating body yeah. composition yeah. To, to apply it to other areas, like mm-hmm. investing in, 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 in my career as well. Number seven, kind of final point is fitness has been a gateway drug for me to improving my network. Mm-hmm. Now, all three of us got to know each other through, yeah. through, through fitness and when I look at connecting with individuals, a lot of people that you connect with in the fitness community or who are interested in fitness are quite aspirational in other areas of their life as well. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case for everyone. Sometimes you get the guy that's in brutal shape but will happily just plod along in a job that he kind of really hates that yeah. just enables him to pay enough for his supplements and his, and his, yeah, and his yeah. gym access. We yeah. all know people like that. Mm-hmm. But more often than not, you, you, you do connect with people who are particularly motivated to do other things as well. Yeah. And yeah, I have yeah. massively benefited from that. If I look at the people I've interviewed through the podcast that are interested in fitness, I'm kind of like, wow, they've <coughs> achieved so much in, in, in other areas as well. So I do think there's an element of, as a gateway drug, you can massively improve your network through one looking after your own fitness but meeting other people who do the same as well yeah yeah i I think i'm maybe a different one from you in the sense of like all i do is fitness based i suppose so like most of my network like all i'd say all mm, yeah i'd say all my closest friends are involved in fitness in some respect and that's largely based on the job that i have so i'm in, in contact with these people more but even out with that if i look at like the biggest influences in my life growing up they were generally related to for me it was sport but like the coaches that I had growing up were massive um, and even like even like you guys as well like since meeting you my life's just got so much better <laughs> no joking but um, but genuinely like, the, influence, the, the, the positive influence like you guys have had on my business on other aspects of my life has been massive and I think the fitness network in general is a, is a, is a positive one in the most part yeah. people you meet in the fitness space <laughs> don't get wrong <laughs> There's some absolutes. <laughs> same, 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 same as every industry, isn't there? Um, it can be really, really challenging. Yeah, I, I, I certainly think that network-wise, you meet you meet people that will, can push you along or, or drag you along, mm-hmm. or at least yeah. set an example for you. Because like, I've had like online mentors who are in the fitness space that have never really spoken to me. But don't get me wrong, I've been quite lucky through the podcast to speak to somebody yeah. now because it's, it's, it's big enough to be like, come and talk to me. Yeah. yeah. But, before that, I just consumed their YouTube videos or consumed their podcasts or I consumed their Instagram content and they were like part of my yeah. fitness network that was mm-hmm. enabling me to be better in other areas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because I would say this is where I, I'm pr- very different from you nah, two. you hate fitness people. Yeah. <laughs> no, joke. No, no. <laughs> you only work with That's people. That's what I think. <laughs> you know, just for fitness people. Uh, no. The feedback on that's been great as well. Which is, yeah, yeah, it has, yeah, yeah. Has, been, has been. But I think like... I am very much a kind of, when it comes to fitness, I've always been a loner. Mm-hmm. I don't like training people. Yeah. I like to train by myself with my earphones in. Mm-hmm. No interest in talking to anybody, right? Um, but, <laughs> but, like, but I would say the connections I've made through fitness have been, like, very, very deep connections. Yeah, yeah. Like you two, like yourselves, yeah. and a couple of other people, you know, like, real good friends and, like, like you, you know, talk about done, lots of different things. Yeah, and we've done, like, really incredible things together, but, yeah. like, you know, I've never been one for like going to different gyms and like oh, meet, meeting this guy yeah. and networking with this guy. So like, I think like basically, I've always had the wrong idea about networking. I've always thought it's been more about like having this big network and like lots and lots of people. But like for me, it's always been kind of um, fewer connections, but much deeper connections. And then I, but then I think when I flip, but now, now that I've my Instagram is, well, social media presence is all focused on just helping coaches write better copy because it is the highest ROI skill you can have like mm-hmm. outside of being a better coach which I always lead with like mm-hmm. if you're a shit coach don't message me I'm yeah. not interested in working with you 
but like if you're a great coach outside of the kind of business skill set and that side, copywriting is going to really, really be uh, something that can really ch change your business. Yeah. So I think I've now built up a network that way, where people maybe see me as, this sounds a bit wanky, but see me as more of an authority in that way, which yeah. is quite, quite a strange transition, because obviously the coaches, like I say, come into copy clinic, messaging me, asking me questions on copyright, and I've done a few presentations, I've done trainings for coaches, so that's winding my fitness network, but from somebody who is more of like, an authority-ish figure rather than you're another coach. You're a consultant with a Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what I mean. It's a different, whereas when I was a coach, I didn't have anything like that. But now that I'm in my new role, I've now got a network in the fitness industry, which is, yeah, yeah. you know, a bit of a different yeah. one, you know? That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I guess the network you've got from the fitness industry in terms of, if you call it Dave's and I, we talk about how to grow Savage Gold as well. Yeah. It's almost we talk about fitness in all honesty. Like, how often does they get together and fitness is the... Do you know what I mean? It's actually not. It's really not. It's really what, what you say like, when people with fitness are also very ambitious and other days, that tends to be what we, like, what we, what we talk about. Because mm -hmm. fitness is like a, it's like a, it's an entry point. Yeah. What we're talking about is a gateway. We take for granted that our training's probably going quite well. Yeah. Chris might tell us a little bit around what his condition is because it's uh, different, different yeah. for rugby in terms of what he's up to. Yeah. Dave don't maybe be interested in terms of am I poking a cut or whatever or am, <laughs> I, am I gonna take some good photos that can use for this this twelve yeah. this twelve week, yeah. week uh, campaign? Look at my guys. <laughs> I don't know that anymore. <laughs> no, it's not it's it's only, it's only for Instagram attention. Yeah. Um but that we take that as like a, a base level. Yeah. It's the other stuff that we're interested in in terms of what are you up to with your investments or what's happening with your business or uh, what about that new product you're going to launch or yeah. how's, um, how's your commission that you guys are interested in financially yeah. in terms of how we're getting on as well. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, I find it fascinating that you can meet individuals who can push you on in other aspects who you kind of take for granted as a, as a tick box that they're quite interested in some of the other things that you're interested mm -hmm. in terms of lifting up and lifting up weights and putting them back down. Yeah, yeah but, but, it's, but it's, you, you're always bang on though aren't you like you when you make those because you know within even at the 12 week peak photo shoot when when we came through i just came through for a pair of one of the big ripped oily guys <laughs> uh, guys jill not the other girls uh but i when we came through we started chatting to a few guys like straight away you just know you the same interests you just yeah. know like within a couple of minutes of conversation it's like oh these guys are kind of maybe like even to, like reading the same books consuming the same content around like podcasts yeah. and things like that they've got similar goals it might be in the fitness industry you know it might, it might be like to scale your coaching business or do whatever it is but like you just know you just get a feeling right away so so yeah i think the community um, even built within mtn has been massive for clients like specifically like the amount of people that done the 12 peak that literally still like some months later five weeks later everyone's still training with each other even from last year a lot of the people that done the 12 peak or that's worked with mtn Whenever we've had meetups, people gravitate towards each other to make new friendships. And I think as an adult, you, it's harder to make new so friends as an adult. So if you, can, as well. if you can find that thing that brings you together, whether it's fitness or um, sport, you, it's, it's an easier way to make friends as an adult that are, that are interested in, I suppose, self-improvement in general. I suppose like we're talking about training as a kind of broad spectrum. I'd see that as like self-improvement. Yeah. And all these people don't have any other influences in their life. Like mm -hmm. if I look at the people I went to school with, it's not necessarily people that are interested in self-improvement. So for mm -hmm. me to find new people in that area, it might be a gym, it might be doing a sport, or it might be, you know, a, a mastermind or something for me from a business perspective. Yeah. But um yeah i think for a lot, of clients, for yeah. a lot of clients that we've had it's yeah. been oh shit i've actually made friends that don't work out and get wrecked every weekend it's just every like second weekend uh, uh, i've just got a new angle for the 12 week peak next okay, year like, yeah 
You can make friends. Yeah, exactly. We had that. Do you, do you have no friends? <laughs> we actually had something to do with making do friends. Do you want your friends to be ripped in section? We, we definitely did. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's a good angle. We're going to take that. So can you expect that. Be prepared, be prepared for that. <laughs> no, but you're right. It was honestly like just on that very quickly. Like I remember like obviously having the conversation around like with you when when we were first talking about launching the very first twelve week peak yeah. and then how well the first one went. But then like feel like being here for the the second round after we launched it and it went so well. It was just like, gen- like I know, not just saying this because it's you. It proper took me aback. Like, yeah. so I don't know how you felt, but when I walked in, I was like, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, man! Like the photo shoot, and then the the event itself was incredible. But it was more the photo shoot, like seeing yeah. how many people were here, yeah. and also the like the level of like condition that people were in was just. Yeah. I obviously you're part of it, and you're you're one of those people who are in ridiculous condition. Because I said to Jill, I was like, listen, this is. You can edit this out if you want. I was like, coaching me like this, going, fuck me. Like, yeah. that's not one to one coaching, and look at the condition these people got in. Like, that's really kind of raised. And the community's a big aspect of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. I'm just saying the WhatsApp group, like, yeah. there were times during the week, during the weeks that it was absolutely going off, mm-hmm. and guys were like just talking about how they were getting on, and yeah. it was other guys, and then David's coaches were chiming in to provide support mm-hmm. and information during it, but it was other people just having. Conversations back and yeah. forth about mm-hmm. how like, how they're getting on during the, what is a pretty challenging event. Yeah. Doing hard things together does bring yeah, you together. That's so. it. It's almost kind of like well, well, for, for me yeah. compare it to being like because because of my background like being on a being on a team being on a rugby team like when you go through a season with a bunch of boys together like that's different you know like yeah. like last season in my team like was one of the most enjoyable seasons that I've ever ever had in my life because um, we were successful on the part but. There was a lot of challenges and things like that along the way. Obviously, you're playing a hard physical sport, but it's the same for anybody who's watching this that plays any sport. It'll be the same thing. It's the same thing for the two week peak. You know, you go, you know, when you're like feeling those cravings on a Saturday night, you know, there's how many other two other people feeling the exact same way. Yeah. You know, so you've got that kind of natural kind of connection with them. Sure, go at the end that we're all working towards. Yeah, and then yeah. you all show up on the same day, and you all get to show off your results. And then that must the endorphins just must be. Like absolutely flying yeah. around, you know. So yeah, fitness yeah. fitness is uh, is really good for network, but it can be super individualistic because you were talking there about training yourself quite a lot as well, and I've had yeah. I've had pieces like that as well where you do just train yourself. But mm-hmm. I think the online element allows you to connect more, doesn't it? Like yeah. if you're sharing what you're up oh, to. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that, that's where I've met pretty much all of the kind of <laughs> fitness connections. Really, yeah. is it's just been online, and because as soon as I obviously like I said, I changed my kind of social media profile to talk about my. A copyright and stuff like you just naturally get coaches reaching out asking for help and then it's just kind of built from there and then you get into little other networks say like i've done a couple of trainings for some kind of business mentor people and then all of their coaches follow you so it kind of naturally yeah. builds yeah. like that i think but i think you've experienced some of that as well because i think you're now seen as somebody even though you're a coach and you run a business and thing you're now seen as an aspirational figure for a lot of coaches because of obviously the business you've built the success you've had but then also how you've kind of shared so much of the journey so i think mm-hmm. a lot of coaches have because i know i know now when you do your q a's you get a lot of questions about building a business being successful yeah. habits and routines that you've used along the way whereas before it would have been more like you know or how they get in shape or like yeah. you know that those, those sorts of, those sort of things the shit there. There is a shit. you've not yeah. and you're not one of these wallopers that's like i'll scale your fitness business to x amount and <laughs> so yeah but i'm about to lock no but you know what i mean i just yeah, think yeah. you've probably seen, uh, experienced some of that as well and is mm-hmm. that it may have been a bit of a different do you get that by the way with your kind of again, career, about, like, again about time management 
productivity. Productivity. Yeah. Uh, right. How do you do both? Like most like career people, sorry. Uh, like anybody career, like uh, career sometimes I'll get asked about like how do you set up your day right, for right, prospecting? Right. How do you set up your day for meeting? What kind of templates do you use to contact people on LinkedIn? How are you posting on LinkedIn? Like what are you saying to people in DMs on LinkedIn? Stuff like that. Have you mm. noticed a shift from people asking you fitness content to people asking you career and productivity advice? Um, podcast content? Yeah, po- podcast podcast a little bit. The thing with podcasting is some people ask me how to set up a podcast, but the problem is they don't continue it for long enough for yeah. it to be for it to be relevant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I can't be asked for that either because I've got a test to see, see, when, see when copywriters um, reach out to me for advice. Yeah, for advice, I like um, I share share the advice with them um, and around like how you can get clients and how you can build a business and things like that, and I share. And I, sh- and I share a Google Doc with them and then I've done this in the past and then you go in and you, you can see the history in the Google Doc and you see they've not been in it and they've not owned it and then they come back and ask and ask again yeah. and then I just ignore the message because yeah. it's like I don't know that sounds really, really harsh but it's like nah, I, I, will go to the, I, I will go to the nth degree for somebody who puts in the work because I know that's like to struggle to get your first client for a corporator so I've got a real kind of empathy for that so I'm like try this, try that reach out to this person have you got pictures I'll critique them like and if somebody like I've got guys reaching out saying, oh, listen, I've, I've had this reply, how do I respond? I was like, this is what I would say. I will literally walk you up to the line to yeah. get that client. But if you don't do the first thing, it's like, fuck up. I'm not, yeah. you know, if you, if I'm you not interested. If David and buying a, buying a 12, 16-week block and then never checking in. And then at the end of it being like, oh, David, I was hoping uh, if you could give me more advice. And you've got, you must be joking. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's the most frustrating thing in any area of your life. People ask you for advice and you go out your way to give them Decent advice that yeah. takes you a decent amount of time to give them and they don't follow up on it. I, I, do, I do group coaching sessions and uh, I've done it in work a couple of times for LinkedIn in terms of how to set up your profile and then like outreach or like in post like styles that you can do. It's very similar to what I would say to somebody trying to grow an Instagram personal yeah. brand in terms of like posting the same thing on Mondays, Tuesdays, yeah, yeah. Wednesdays, Thursdays so people know what to expect and like different content ideas in terms of like, how to set it up and like the number of people that just don't. Yeah, then do, don't, don't, don't then do any post on LinkedIn or I see like one post every two weeks and I'm like I did say you need to do it more frequently yeah. than that and like they've used like a template I've given them like that's really good but you could use like the four other templates yeah. and post more yeah. regularly if you, yeah. if you could but that is frustrating but I, I think in terms of wrapping up gents I think we've demonstrated that physical fitness is one thing that produces a little bit of a ripple effect across yeah. a number of different areas within your life 100%. and I think if we were to encourage somebody to take control and mastery of their body and their habits around that, they can quite often find that it can have improvements into their their resilience, their self-confidence, their self-esteem, how their brain functions, their resilience, their network, and even their appreciation of data. Yeah. As we wrap up, guys, where's the best place for people to head towards to continue the conversation? Um, for myself, Instagram probably is the easiest, MTN underscore coaching, and then the website, we've actually just rebuilt a new website, so if you're looking to find out anything about MTN, anything about online coaching, then head there, it's just mtncoaching.com. Perfect. And Chris? I am... Um, you sometimes give us the wrong handle, don't you? Yeah, I do, yeah. I'm really on top of this. I am at Savvy Scholar Chris on Instagram. And um, when you go on there, if you click the link, if you're a coach, um, then you can click the link in my bio, sign up to my copy clinic list. Uh, basically, it's just three free copywriting coaching slots open up every week. So if you write emails for your list or write kind of longer-ish written posts for your for social media, I critique them so that you make more impact, make more money, and it's totally free, and there is no, I have nothing to sell you. I don't, I literally don't, there's no upsell, there's no mastermind. You just want to get back. 
Yeah. Nothing, I'm just giving Barney's all about giving back, mate. I'm a man of the people. That's it. Thank you very much for joining us, guys. I'll be back to speak to you again very, very soon.